All right, hello. Welcome to Coffee with Marcus and Mark, or just Mark this morning. The number one stock market show on Spotify and one of the most popular market updates on YouTube. In this show, we talk about what's happening in the markets right now and how we're trading them. Today is Friday the 13th. And stocks higher again, but will the Nasdaq's five-day win streak continue Earnings season kicks off this morning with big banks like Wells Fargo, Bank of America, uh, Citigroup, JP Morgan, and also Delta reporting before the bell. We also have Tesla cutting prices and getting a downgrade. We'll also look at what you need to know for next week. Plus, we'll take a look at Goldman Sachs, Netflix, and United, three companies that are reporting earnings next week. And we'll take a look at these companies with our earnings analysis tool just to see what we might expect based on what's happened in the past. So as you can see, there's a lot to talk about. So let's go ahead and get started. If this is your first time here, my name is Mark Hodge. I'm head coach at Rockwell Trading, and I am flying solo today. Most days I'm joined by uh, Rockwell Trading's founder, Marcus Heitkoder. He'll be back with me next week. Uh, but even though I'm alone today, I promise you're in good hands. You could say that we have a ton of experience here at Rockwell Trading. We know our stuff. We're not afraid to tell it like it is, so if you're looking for some honest insights into the world of trading, you've come to the right place. Now, before we dive in and show you a few of the trades that we're in and take a look at the software, uh, we'll talk about what's going on in these crazy markets, and let me go ahead and bring up my charts here. We'll first pull up the S&P 500. Uh, we see here, uh, actually, this is NVIDIA. Let's go back to the S&P. And let me go to a daily chart. Here we go. Uh, the S&P 500 finishing higher yesterday. We were up 0.3% yesterday. We could take a look at the Dow. The Dow finishing strong as well, up 0.6%. And we also have the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ up 0.6%. So uh, we see here after trading in this tight range uh, from December 22nd up until the uh, well, Friday of last week, we started to break to the upside this week. And this is one, two, three, four, five consecutive winning days in a row. Now, early on this morning, we did see that markets were opening lower. I could go ahead and go to a five minute chart of the E-mini S&P 500. And this is what uh, overnight trading looked like. Uh, we had a little bit of a drift, uh, sideways movement, then a drift higher during the European session, but then early morning, things were down. The reaction to earnings this morning, all of the announcements before the bell, not so positive to uh, begin the day, and, and that led to a lower open. But since markets have been open, you see this nice rebound and recovery getting back up to the levels that uh, we were pre-market before we started to get those pre-market earnings releases. So right now, uh, markets are mixed. The S&P down 0.2%, the Dow up 0.1%, and the NASDAQ down 0.1%. So the NASDAQ, still possible for it to extend its five-day win streak to six. We'll have to see. Uh, it did look like traders were uh, a little bit hesitant in maybe taking some profits after this nice rally going into uh, the weekend here. So... Interesting, interesting uh, movement and follow through after the uh, rough start this morning. Now, we can see here, let me go back to the S&P 500. Here I have 
added the 200-day moving average, the 200-day moving average often used by uh, traders and uh, just uh, some funds as a, a long-term trend uh, indicator. And, you know, we could go back here. You see that the longer-term trend in 2020 after the pandemic sell-off uh, was up and uh, tr uh, prices were above the 200-day moving average. And then towards the beginning of 2021, or sorry, 2022, my apologies, things got a little choppy. We broke through that, um, started to trade around it. And since we've been below it, recently popped above in November, quickly reversed, popped above again in December, quickly reversed. Yesterday, flirting with the 200-day moving average again. We also have this 4,000 level round number resistance at this point. It looks like uh, yesterday we got up to 3,997.76. So we want to see, at least if you're you're bullish or long the market, we'd like to see this level broken. This could be uh, a nice, uh, you know, bullish. Uh, case scenario for the S&P if we get above this 200-day moving average, if we stay above it, and if we break through this 4,000 level. Uh, 4,100, again, round numbers holding up. Uh, you kind of have this self-fulfilling prophecy with traders eyeing these levels. No guarantees, of course, but you see that down here, 3,800 acted as support. We were in a 3,800, just below the 3,900 range. Uh, here, the 4,000 level, 41,000 uh, or 4,100, excuse me, uh, as resistance. And even up here, you look at this, right around the 4,300 level. So uh, the S&P definitely trading in these ranges. And, and we'll see. We'll see. Can the S&P make a little more of a move? Uh, definitely uh, within, uh, within uh, well, it's definitely a possibility with the average daily range uh, for the S&P to, to make up 25 points. Could it happen? Well, we're just going to have to wait and see. Still plenty of trading today, uh, but let's talk more about earnings and why there was a little bit of a reaction. And uh, quite honestly, earnings weren't that bad. Uh, they actually were good overall. But let's go ahead and start with JP Morgan. So JPM, the ticker symbol, JP Morgan actually gapping down this morning, uh, down, let's see, from yesterday's close, we were down uh, about 2.5%, but look at this, getting back positive for the day, making new highs, up 1% for the session. This would be highs that we haven't seen in JP Morgan since uh, March of 2022, so nice recovery after the rocky start. JP Morgan did have a revenue beat. Here we can see that the uh, earnings per share were better than the estimate. The revenue was better than the estimate. Uh, they did say uh, that uh, the a mild recession is now their central case. So, you know, what's expected. Um, and so they beat expectations, but uh, traders uh, selling. Uh, heading into the open and then buying once markets opened and now looking pretty strong. Now, uh, Jamie Dimon, the chairman and CEO of JP Morgan, said that the U.S. economy currently remains strong with consumers still spending excess cash and businesses healthy. However, 
We still do not know the ultimate effect of the headwinds coming from geopolitical tensions, including the war in Ukraine, the vulnerable state of energy and food supplies, persistent inflation that is eroding purchasing power and has pushed interest rates higher, and the unprecedented quantitative tightening. Um, so some comments there, but J.P. Morgan expecting a mild recession at this point. Now, we also had Bank of America reporting before the bell. Let's look at BAC. So Bank of America also starting lower, actually selling off during the session, but a nice reversal here, now up 0.7%. Uh, Bank of America did have an earnings beat. So uh, earnings per share at 85 cents versus a 77 cent estimate, also reporting better revenue than expected. So a nice earnings win there. Uh, they said that higher interest rates actually helped their numbers with net interest income up 29%. So, again, a rocky start, but uh, Bank of America coming back. Now we could take a look at uh, another company reporting earnings, and this was Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo not doing as well. Uh, a rocky start, similar to J.P. Morgan, a big gap down. Now they have not recovered and gotten back to yesterday's close yet. They're still down 1.2%. They said that their net income was hurt by the, a recent settlement. Uh, you know that... Uh, Wells Fargo has been in the news for a few reasons uh, with the accounts that they opened and uh, that scrutiny there. But they said that, that well, they also said that uh, they had to build up reserves because of a weakening economy. And they've set aside $957 million for credit losses. So that's something that kind of weighs because in a higher interest rate environment, banks can do better because they can benefit from those interest rates um, and, uh, you know, the interest rates and fees that they're receiving. But they also need to set aside some money uh, for credit defaults. Right. So if they're loaning money and because of a weakening economy, people aren't paying uh, the debts that are owned, um, they need to set that aside, put that in reserve. So that could also have a negative impact. So it seems like Wells Fargo getting hit a little bit harder. Traders not liking that news as much as uh, the uh, information that we received from JP Morgan and also Wells Fargo. So it was a, mo a morning for big banks, but we also had Delta Airlines reporting. Delta, after a pretty nice uh, run up prior to earnings and then that um, nice move higher in sympathy of the, the positive outlook that I think it was American Airlines shared. Uh, Delta did gap down and they were down substantially. They're still down almost 5%, 4.5%. Uh, so coming off the, the rough start down to almost 8% at the open, they've erased a, a large part of those uh, losses, but still down uh, for the day. Uh, their earnings also better than expected. Look at this. Better than expected uh, EPS, better than expected revenue. Um, however, they said that their profit outlook for the first quarter is going to be weaker than expected because of higher labor costs. So that having an impact. Um, but all in all, so far, a pretty decent start to earnings season, um, even though we opened lower and, uh, you know, it almost just really seemed more like uh, profit taking after, you know, you look at this run up, right? There might be some negative news, but I mean, Delta was up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days in a row. A little bit of a profit taking going into a three-day weekend. Most likely, most likely. So uh, a few other um, movers here. We could take a look at SPCE. 
Virgin Galactic, look at this. Uh, is this going meme crazy like uh, Bed Bath & Beyond? Well, up 13%. And uh, this is due to news, actually, because they announced that they are on track for a commercial launch in the second quarter of 2023. So investors getting excited about that. They were excited at one point in 2021 as well, uh, but the stock has gone from $56 down to $5.24 right now. So um, it's going to take a while for them to, to make up that ground that they've lost, uh, but still a nice day, uh, nice session uh, up 13.5% for Virgin Galactic. Tesla, I need to mention Tesla here because Tesla – it was everybody's darling in uh, 2020, 2021, uh, made it to the S&P after two consecutive positive uh, quarters of net income. And with all of the drama surrounding Elon Musk, uh, potentially uh, the, the fiercest competition that they've ever experienced coming up this year with more and more EVs available alternatives when uh, Tesla was definitely the the um, or really the the best uh, uh, electric vehicle or, or at least you know from there was there was no competition right uh, everybody was playing catch up to Tesla and Tesla had a quality vehicle that people love um, anyway uh, gosh Tesla just getting beaten up this morning they were down big I think it was almost six percent now three and a half percent lower on the day. They did announce that uh, they are making price cuts, at least uh, that reflected on their website, uh, trying to, to get some vehicles sold um, with uh, you know some concerns about inventory, I would imagine. But they also received a downgrade. So kind of a double, well, let's say the downgrade and then the, the you know cutting prices. Is that a good thing for the company? Maybe if they get more sales, but then also the revenues are going to be lower because they're not making as much per vehicle. Uh, either way, traders are saying, eh, don't like the news, down 3%. But we're also seeing a bit of a range here after this bloodbath that Tesla has seen. So uh, it does look like traders, at least for now, want to see Tesla in that 105, 120 range. Uh, and we'll just have to see if this is that lower end uh, and uh, potentially a bottom or if we get more selling, Tesla does report earnings uh, coming up on Wednesday, the 25th. Uh, so that's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one. Speaking of earnings, let's let's go ahead and let's, uh, well, we could take a look at the two trades that we talked about yesterday. Uh, CTRA, I was looking at the potential to sell calls at the 26th strike. Um, T, uh, CTRA has pulled back a little bit. I have not done that yet. Marcus, Marcus, uh, we were having a little conversation this morning and, uh, I don't think he's been filled, but Marcus is definitely looking at rolling his 165 NVIDIA calls, uh, to next week. So right now, NVIDIA trading at 166. Now, for those of you that are new to selling calls, whether it be covered calls or trading the wheel, like we like to trade. When you sell calls, you have an obligation to deliver those shares if the stock is trading above the strike price that we've sold at expiration. 
So if we're ready to move on from a trade, if we've owned shares for a while, it's a nice profit and we're ready to let those shares get called away so we could free up that buying power and put on a new trade, then we'd want to let the calls expire. And in this case, if they stayed above 165 at today's expiration at the end of the day, then those shares would be called away and markets could start from scratch. However, he'd like to be in this one a little bit longer. And if we look at this this uh, this stock here, uh, sure, it made these lows back in October, but recently it looks like it it wants to stay in this 150, 170 range on the uh, you know, upper uh, on the move higher here. You have this uh, this pivot high around 188, right? So can it drift back on up here? Possibly. Uh, on the way down, it does look like. Uh, even though we had lows back here in October, it looks like there's some support around 140. And in these ranges with uh, the uh, adding on that he did back in October, he's in a really good position with his break even and also his cost basis. So he's profitable at this point. Um, and with the market's up over the last couple of days and a, a pretty decent start to the year. Uh, this is one that he could potentially sell calls on for a couple of weeks, bring in that income uh, until there are more opportunities that are popping up. So that's the plan right now. I know that he doesn't want to get called away um, and I'm sure he will let everybody know uh, exactly what he did uh, with this trade next week. Um, but safe to say that he's still going to own NVIDIA uh, on Tuesday uh, when we have our next coffee with Marcus and Mark. Now, I said I wanted to take a look at a few uh, earnings uh, that are popping up next week. And we could take a look at, uh, let's see, Goldman Sachs. So, oops, let's go over here. In PowerX Optimizer, we have our earnings analysis tool. And we could look at Goldman Sachs. Now, here you could go to all quarters that we have data for. But I like to, to go back 12 quarters, which would be three years, right? just to get a feel for what's happened in the past, right? Because if I was going into a trade, uh, I would, and earnings were on the horizon, I, I'd want to have an understanding of, you know, just what, how do traders typically behave? Of, co of course, anything can happen, right? There's no guarantee that what happened in the past will continue to happen in the future. But yeah, I've used the, the sports analogy, right? If you have a, a team that's undefeated, um, and they're playing a team that hasn't won a game all season. Yes, the team that's the underdog could win, but chances are the team that's undefeated, because all of that data is in the past, chances are the team that's undefeated will probably win again, right? Um, so for me, it does make sense to look back and, and see what the data says. So we have uh, a little more ammunition so we can make an educated decision. Uh, here, looking back 12 quarters, we see that Goldman Sachs typically reports better than expected earnings, right? So typically there's an earnings beat. Eight out of uh, four times you have an earnings win or earnings beat, that is. Uh, the overnight price move is a positive. So you typically see a positive reaction because of that uh earnings reaction. So nine out of three, uh, sorry, nine out of 12 times it was positive. And then on the seventh day, this is interesting because on the seventh day, the stock's typically down. 
Uh, eight out of 12 times the stock is down on the seventh day. So again, anything can happen, but what does this mean to me? Well, it means that typically Goldman Sachs actually does better than analysts think or believe. And typically there's a positive reaction short term to that announcement. But then a week later, the stock has a tendency to be down. And we see that a week later, uh, based on the averages, it has a tendency to be down almost 4%. But if there is a positive reaction on the seventh day, it's uh, been 6% in the past, at least looking back the last 12 quarters. Here we could look at two more. Let's look at Netflix. Netflix also reporting. So Netflix, looking back at the last three years, we see that Netflix also tends to beat, but it's not like Goldman Sachs where it's it's pretty consistent, right? It's still a little, a little bit of a toss-up where Netflix has uh, beat on their earnings per share seven out of the last 12 quarters. And the reaction has been negative uh, most of the time. Nine out of 12 times, there's been a negative reaction with the average being down 8%. On the seventh day, it gets a little bit better. So on the seventh day, on average, uh, Netflix is down almost 12% versus uh, you know five out of 12 times being higher, about 10%. So what does this tell me? It, it, it says that really the earnings per share is hit or miss, right? Five out of uh, 12 times being negative. It, it's just kind of a wash. So it's a coin toss. No no real clear pattern. Um, and then typically traders are, are selling, uh, saying, I let, you know, don't like the news or I'm, you know, uh, I'm looking to, to go short. But then as we go further in time, we go out seven days, it tends to be, again, a coin toss. So no real clear pattern here. Um, this to me would be more of a wild card um, if I was uh, holding Netflix into earnings. Let's look at one more, United Airlines. So United uh, this one historically over the last 12 quarters, six beats, six misses. So coin toss there. Overnight move, seven out of 12 times negative with an average loss of 2.8%. The five times that were positive, average gain of 3.6%. Uh, and then on the seventh day, uh, eight out of 12 times lower a week later. So again, when I'm looking at this, uh, really a coin toss on whether they beat or not. Uh, the overnight reaction, a little bit more on the downside, but also just kind of mixed. But it seems like after earnings, the seven days after earnings, we have a tendency to see a drop. Um, and it's a lot to see. If uh, the same holds true uh, for next week with these three companies, um, but just thought uh, it would help to review the earnings analysis tool and, and things that I look at, especially if I'm in a position because if I'm in a position, I could close for a profit and I see that historically the earnings are all over the place or it's just you know stock that's been beaten up with earnings. I'd rather close it and move on, right? If I'm in a position and I am comfortable owning the, the stock and going into earnings, I see that historically they've beaten and uh, the reaction has been positive. I'm more likely to uh, stay with the position and, and sell calls to take advantage of that extra premium. So hope this helps. Hey, I know we're going a little bit long here, but I just want to quickly review what's in store for us next week. Next week, we do have a market holiday. So um, uh, January 16th on Monday, uh, markets are closed in observance of Martin Luther King Jr. And we see that for the economic calendar, 
PPI data on Wednesday is going to be a biggie. So uh, that's going to be the, the big one for the week on Wednesday. Uh, earnings also uh, still in the spotlight. So next week we have United Airlines after the market on Tuesday. We have Goldman Sachs before the market on Tuesday. We have Morgan Stanley before the market on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we have Discover uh, after the market, Schwab before the market, Alcoa after the market. On Thursday, we have Procter Gamble before the market and Netflix after the market. And then on Friday, there's uh, Schlumberger before the market. Just a few notables there. Um, But then after next week, we really start to see earnings season kicking gear uh, with a majority. And we start next couple of weeks uh, following next week is when we really get into the heart of earnings season. So, hey, if you like this video, please give it a like. As you can probably tell, we like talking trading. We like to trade. Uh, We're passionate about it. I hope you enjoy these updates and videos, even on those days that Marcus cannot uh, join me. Uh, We'll see you next week. Again, no stock market update on Monday with markets closed, but we'll be back here on Tuesday. Until then, happy trading, everybody.